We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, this is Jermaine O'Neal, and you're listening to Setting a Pace on PaceofTalk.net. And Oladipo wants it again. Approaching two minutes to play. With the left hand and authority. McKee gets it in the middle for the win. What is going on? Welcome to another episode of Setting the Pace on PacersTalk.net, a Fox Friday edition. And we are joined by a familiar face, the man who was available at the drop of a hat, the one and only Alex Golden. Alex, what's going on? Uh, You know, you introduced me there with a familiar face, which I don't even know if people really have seen me very much. And, and then you say that he was available at the drop of a hat, which also means that I have no life. So <laughs> I, I guess I'm doing all right, Fachi, uh, despite the fact that we're going to be without basketball for a while. You know, that that's the thing. That I feel like this is where you're realizing how much sports plays in someone's life when they take it away from you. Because no basketball last night. I felt sick to my stomach. I was at a party that my girlfriend put together and little by little, I mean, there was a TV in the background. And little by little, things were getting more real. And once it finally, when they stopped that Thunder Jazz game, I felt like this could get pretty ugly pretty quick. But once they said that they were stopping basketball overall, I wanted to go home. My night was ruined. I felt like I was like, I don't want to shut this party down, but 
I'm starting to get sad because thinking of life without basketball, it's not a life that I love. So us NBA fans, we're hurting today. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's definitely one of those things where you're just so upset because you don't get to watch basketball. And we are spoiled. I mean, we get 82 games a, a season. Uh, the, you know, the Pacers are at least playing twice a week if it's not the All-Star break once the season starts. So especially for us, like we're playing in our week around the Pacers games. And it's it's difficult because now, as we know of today, they're going to wait 30 days and then reevaluate. So at least we won't be hearing about any NBA coming back until around April 11th, which is when the playoffs start. So now it's just what does the league go do from here, Fachi? I mean, it's I have some theories, but I want to hear your thoughts before I jump into mine. I really don't know what the NBA is going to do because while they've had lockouts before, it's been like, you know, the offseason has extended and then the league started later than usual. In a situation like this, I mean, it's like – it happened so quick that first it seemed like, you know, the Golden State Warriors were going to be the first team to play without fans. And I was still open to that because you would get to still get to watch basketball. Sure, it would have seemed more like a scrimmage, but I was still going to say, hey, as long as they're not going to take the game away from us, then I'm fine with that. But for 30 days without basketball, at minimum, it's going to be tough. And Alex, I mean, I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor, but we have no idea when this is going to get better. We don't know if 30 days is going to be enough. It could be months. We just saw March Madness cancel overall as well as the winter and spring games for college. So I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I miss my Pacers already. Yeah, I mean, March Madness is canceled. The MLB and NHL postponed their seasons uh, in addition to the NBA. Broadway, uh, they're kind of like being quiet as well. And then Disneyland is going to close as well. So, I mean, it's having an effect on everybody. And I think that this is the time where I say we need to make sure that we're being extremely serious about this situation. Whether you think this is a little bit overboard or not, it's, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's people dying from this disease. It's this virus that's been going all over the world. I'm not <laughs> into the medical field. I have not, you know, thoroughly researched what coronavirus is, the treatments, everything to it, you know. We're all trying to learn about this and, and grow from this and, and see what we can do to prevent it from happening. But what I will say, Fachi, is as far as the NBA goes, I thought Mark Cuban was on point pretty much after the finals. There's a lot of dead time. You know, preseason starts up at the end, uh, middle of September, I believe, is that's mm-hmm. when media day is. So you have training camp, preseason. I mean, they can push it back. And, and to be honest with you, uh, there was a proposal of maybe like uh, a couple of days ago where someone said, we should let the NFL kind of play out their season and then start basketball up around December. And it sounded crazy because we're all used to it starting in September. We're all just waiting for that summer hump uh, to get over with. You know, you kind of watch summer league, that kind of thing. But personally, like if they decide to not maybe play the finals until August, that's going to make my whole summer better. Uh, You know, uh, being able to watch basketball during the summer is going to be awesome because all you have during the summer for the most part is baseball. And, those are the dog days of the sports. So it'd be interesting to see how they're going to go about it, how they would do free agency, how they push a season back. And, and personally, if they wanted to, you know, push the finals back until August, because I think they're going to finish the season. I don't know when it's going to start, but I do think they will pick it back up. There's 18 games left. I think for the majority of people, they're going to pick it back up. I say the finals will be played this year. We will have an NBA champion at one point, but I'm not sure when, and I think 
kind of similar to the lockout seasons where we've seen a condensed schedule. I think you could see a shorter season for next year. And if that's the case and that way they can get back on track to their normal format of scheduling. But if not, they could just change the schedule altogether and, and just start the season later from now on. I mean, it's, there's a lot of opportunities here. There really is, but there's also a lot of tough logistics to go through. Like, there's a lot of stadiums that are shared amongst other teams. I mean, look at the That's Staples fair. Center. You know, Staples Center between the Clippers, the Lakers, as well as the LA Kings for hockey. I mean, that's three teams now you're trying to juggle when they've already had set dates. So yeah. a, lo- a lot of stadiums are sharing with other sports teams. It just complicates everything. I don't know if maybe they're going to move maybe arenas. That that could be a, a certain situation that we could see. I'm just curious, of, do you think that we will see the remaining 18 games scheduled or will they move to the playoffs piece if they move straight to the playoffs you're talking about you know basically just you know half the league is is playing and then you're you're you know letting the other half not be at risk uh to be infected so 14 teams wouldn't play yeah and i mean at the end of the day i think that there's still too many playoff races in the western conference to just call the season Mm mm-hmm uh, in addition to that, I also think that it would be too difficult for players to come back from a long hiatus of not playing basketball and just throw them right to the playoffs. I mean, you're not going to get playoff basketball right away because these guys, you know, they're still going to be in excellent shape, but that rustiness will be there. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it at the beginning of the season when they're off for a little while. They try to, they kind of have to get their uh, stamina back up. They have to get back in shape, so to say, uh, as far as game shape. I mean, it's a totally different thing. I believe firmly that they will play the remaining games. I'm just not sure when they will play them. What I would be interested to see is if they shorten the playoffs and make the first round a five-game series. That would be something I think they could possibly do if they're on a time crunch, if they want to finish by a certain date. If they want to finish before August, could they make the first two-round five-game series? Or would they not drag them out as long, maybe play every other night? Because I remember... Last year, like the Pacers played game one on a Sunday, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and they played game four the next Sunday. So they had like two or three days in between. You could be seeing these games being played every other night. Obviously, no back-to-backs in the playoffs, but the schedule will be much more condensed, and we could see more back-to-backs for those final 18 games. I think so, because I do think they're going to try and speed this up as much as they can, because just as I mentioned, there's so many other factors that go into this um, with you know the, the scheduling of these arenas. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. You know, our our guesses are as good as yours. You know, for anyone who's listening to this, because no one really knows. We're we're in limbo. And we're hoping that new information becomes available asap. Because man, it was one thing to be playing without the fans. It, it felt weird, but to just take sports away from us in general, it it feels real. And as you mentioned before, uh, earlier in the show, Alex, I mean. I was one of those people who didn't think this was anywhere near as serious. I mean, I, I thought this was one of those classic scares that comes up every two to four years in an election year. You know, swine flu, uh, just all these other viruses. Ebola. Exactly. <laughs> it felt like there was one of those. And it, it never affected anyone that you knew. But then when you're seeing, you know, Rudy Gobert, of all people who, you know, while he's apologized, who was you know, making a big joke out of all of this, touching all the microphones, and apparently was really just touching a bunch of the players, just just kind of horsing around. Now you're talking about him and Donovan Mitchell 
have tested positive. And then, Alex, yeah. to take the next step, you know, there's teams, they mentioned the Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Detroit Pistons, and Toronto Raptors have all been instructed to self-quarantine themselves. I mean, to bring it back to our Pacers, Alex, the, the Pacers just played the Celtics just a couple of days yeah. ago. So I'm getting worried. I honestly believe, Fachi, that it would be smart for every NBA player to be tested just to so. just to make sure that there's no more cases. And if they are, they can start treating them right away because I think if we don't know, you know, I mean, even every staff member should be treated on the, in the organization. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't do it for every fan, but I think every player, you know, the coaches, the the training staff, that kind of thing, it's very important for them to do that. Now, you brought up Indiana and how it could affect them, but I'm also curious your thoughts on the report that came out from Woj today saying that it wasn't just the New York Knicks that wanted to continue the games until government mandated that there be a shutdown, but also the Houston Rockets and our Indiana Pacers were in that group of three that wanted those games to continue. What were your thoughts when you saw that? It was interesting to see the Pacers involved in there because I expected that out of the Knicks. James Dolan, just hands down, probably the worst owner in sports right now. Just a very money-hungry guy. That hey, It's one thing when the Knicks are bad year in, year out, but they are still very profitable. And I felt like he was someone who wanted to push for the fans to still be there. But I was surprised to see the Pacers on there. Um, and just the Rockets, just three teams. Kind of risky. I, I think that the NBA and the N, they're making the right move by keeping the fans away and, and halting play for now. Your inner fan, it, it really hurts. But what was your thoughts on seeing the Pacers? Because I was shocked. I felt like they – I just didn't expect them to be in that group. Yeah, so when I first saw that, Fauci, I was just like, oh, wow. But it, it didn't shock me. Uh, and I know that probably sounds maybe harsh, but – the Pacers, you know, they're a small market. The reason they compete every single year and don't tank is because they want to make money off of every single game that they can because, I mean, there was a point a few years ago, I remember, when people were talking about the Pacers might sell the team. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're renovating the entire uh, arena next year. I believe that's still the case because they wanted to have it ready for the All-Star game. It, it did not shock me for one second that the Pacers were like, hey, you know, but – you know, they were like, let's not cancel unless there's a mandate from the government. I, I kind of understand that. I'm not saying that I think that's the smart decision, but there's a lot of people that say, hey, you know what? Let's, you know, let's not play games without the fans. I believe that's what the Rockets were wanting to do. Take a little bit of a break because they don't want to play games without fans. And I completely get that. It would be weird. It would be hard. I mean, it'd be still fun because especially for you, like you live in, what is it, you know, Virginia, and you're watching the Pacers play, so you're not going to be at any games anyway, so if there's fans there or not, like, it doesn't affect you, it doesn't affect fans that don't live in Indiana, but as far as the team goes and the players go and the organization, the, the, I mean, we talked about it with Mark Cuban, or he talked about it, I mean, on ESPN, all the workers at these arenas that will mm -hmm. be out of jobs now. I mean, it's not just these, it's not just these events, not just the NBA, I mean, it's the entire country right now with Disneyland being shut down and different things being, you know, closed off. So long, long point short here. I want to get to it. It it wasn't the best look for the Pacers, a hundred percent. But I can, I can understand, and I I think what it is is they didn't realize 
how serious the coronavirus is. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are saying it's very treatable. It's very like the flu. I've heard this a ton. And the flu is, you know, just as deadly. And we, we can't overreact to this. Like this is we have to live our lives. And I kind of get all that. I get everyone's points. But when you have two players in the NBA with the coronavirus, when you hear of the deaths of the people that have had coronavirus in just a short amount of time, starting in China, migrating throughout the entire world, it's better to be safe than sorry. And I, I just think it would be smart. I would rather take off a month, a month and a half of basketball to make sure everyone is quarantined and okay instead of go out there and play these games and then it just continue to spread and get even worse. So rather be safe than sorry, even if it's a little bit uh, of an overreaction, but I don't really think it is. I, I completely agree because we're hearing mixed things. I mean, things are changing by the day, almost by the hour. Uh, literally last Friday, I heard of the first reported um, cases basically in Maryland and Virginia. And I went, oh, wow, this is starting to feel a little bit more real. By Monday, they had a reported case in the same town that I live in. And then by Tuesday, they're sending out emails saying everybody should work from home. So, I mean, this is like it's picking up steam very quickly. I've tried to do what I can to stay on top of this, listening to various podcasts on the subject. I mean, for instance, the Joe Rogan podcast had a scientist on the show. He was talking about how this is believed that this could be 10 to 15 times more fatal than the you know the, the common flu. Uh, and they believe that estimates over the next three to seven months could be potentially as high as 480,000 deaths worldwide. Now, I don't want to spread fake news. I don't know that to be, you know, 100% factual. That's what this, this doctor said on the show. But even if that's even a possibility, you have to take the correct steps to prevent it. And unfortunately, sports is when there are the biggest gathering of fans. I mean, everything that's involved in it. I mean, you think of all the people at a time that are packed into a stadium it gets scary. Soccer, of all things, where you're having, like, at times, you know, maybe 100,000 people together. I mean, that doesn't even include the, the stadium workers and everything like right. that. So just when you were talking about before, Mark Cuban addressed that, you know, we didn't put ourselves in the shoes of the stadium workers. All these people who are now without jobs. So no one knows how we're going to be able to make it right. There's just so many people that are affected. It just seems like... I don't know if you've ever saw the movie I Am Legend with Will Smith. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's scaring me because it, it feels like this is like sort of like, you know, something you never thought was possible. But like the start of like a Walking Dead TV show or I Am Legend. And it's stuff that you never in your life even thought was possible. I don't think it will even get anywhere remotely close to that. But the fact that lives are at stake is worrisome. Yeah, and here's what I want to say, too. It's just kind of like this is like the craziest outbreak of a disease that I can recall with the Me NBA too. and sports since HIV. And mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not even saying that they compare because HIV was completely different, and there seemed to be no cure for that at the time. And, you know, players were freaking out about being on the same court with Magic Johnson once David Stern did, you know, say, hey, Magic's clear to play, and people are like, you know, just so ignorant about what HIV was at the time. They're like, I don't want to play if he's on the court. And I think that with the coronavirus, I think that people, I mean, not everybody, but I'm sure there are some that just don't really know the the details of it, the depth of it, the the effects of it. That would be ignorant. I mean, I'm in that category. I am very ignorant with this whole thing. So 
I'm not trying to act like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm saying players are ignorant. They're going to say things that probably could have caused issues. I think just being smart about it, canceling the season or for uh, or suspending the season, I'm, I believe, uh, I mean, for just a few, you know, few weeks, it's not the end of the world. At the end of the day, basketball is entertainment, Fachi. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, these players, it's their livelihood, and I understand that, but they make such good money. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. It's the it's the people that it, uh, it affects, like we already mentioned, the, the the workers, the ushers, the people that are sweeping up your your popcorn that you leave on the floor. You know, it, it's it's those are the people that you are worried about the most. And as far as like college basketball and stuff like that, I mean, some high school basketball I'm sure is being canceled as well. I just feel bad for the seniors because mm-hmm. this is their last moment, and now they don't get it. It's just kind of frustrating for them, and it's nothing that the NCAA or I, you know, high school can do about it. But it's just it stinks for them because just the the coincidence of this all happening right now. But it's I'm sure people are really getting tired of hearing about the coronavirus. So I promise you, going forward, while we do our episodes, we're not gonna keep talking about it. But I do think that it is important that we address the situation and do hash it out at least for this episode. No, we definitely have to. I mean, it, it's it's only fitting that you know we address this because obviously this is the big topic, not just in sports but around the world right now. And uh, you know, unfortunately, this is going to be the topic that dominates a lot of what you see on TV for the time being. I mean, I saw it slowly picking up here and there, but when you mentioned you know the college kids, I mean, Alex, think about what it does to a university to not have the tournament a team like umbc university of maryland baltimore county that went on that cinderella run to the final Mm -hmm. four i mean their admissions completely just went through the roof of people who had never even heard of the school before and now all of a sudden it's like all the funding that went into the school same thing happened with george mason uh, years ago when they went on that final four run or just the, the teams that Maybe this was the best year they ever had and that they were on pace to make the tournament. You know, we'll never know. And it's just all the hard work. You know, while you don't want to say it's going to waste, they're not getting the op- the fair opportunity that they should have. The seniors are going out not on their own, you know, by choice. It's just they're they're being kind of forced out. And a player that we saw last night kind of take the the most of his moment, Vince Carter. Vince Carter checked back in with 18 seconds to go. He hit a three-pointer basically at the buzzer last night, and he doesn't know if that's his last shot in his career because no one knows what's going to be the status of the league, and he said he's going to retire. He's 43 years old. So just a guy like that, you feel for it because he doesn't know. Was that it? Was that the last time he'll ever step on an NBA court as a player? Who knows? And it's pretty sad to see. Yeah, it, it definitely stinks for Vince Carter. And, you know, I'm actually, it's funny, uh, a tweet just popped up from him, and he said, Last night, such a weird night, but I'm truly thankful for each and every person during this 22-year journey. If this is really it, I thank everyone for your love and support for all these years. So, you know, you just feel for guys like that, guys that really can't control their own narrative because of the coronavirus. But at the end of the day, you know, I think it is important for us as people, as fans, as consumers, Maybe just to take a little break from from social media, take a little break from, you know, constantly being entertained by basketball and other sports, and, and maybe just spend more time with family, uh, spend more time with friends. Try, I mean, try to make the most of it. 
don't dwell on it. Don't be negative about it, you know, and just keep thinking, you know, good thoughts on those that have, you know, been diagnosed with this uh, virus and just, you know, keep yourself safe, do all the precautionary things, wash your hands, you know, don't touch your face, just, just be smart about it and take care of your bodies and, and, and just, Remember, this is not a, a joking matter. Uh, maybe maybe in five, ten years, if you want to make some jokes about it, that, that's on you. That's up to you. It won't be as sensitive. But right now, definitely don't be on Twitter making jokes. It just To me, it's just sometimes you just got to know when it's right and when it's not right to make a joke. But with that being said, Fudge, it's, it's going to be an interesting move going forward with what the NBA does. And I think that, I think that the NBA was smart by – canceling the season for a period of time and i think that with adam silver at the head of things they'll figure this out and they will do the right thing to finish the season out strong i think so it's the unfortunate step that the league had to take it's not just the nba i mean we've seen across the board every single league is shutting down right now um so i I don't think we're going to really be having much entertainment uh, moving forward, in terms of, I doubt there's going to really be any concerts going on or or anything of the, of the sort. So it kind of seems like, just as you mentioned, this is a great opportunity to just spend that time with your family that you maybe don't get to do as much because you are sidetracked by sports. I yeah. know I'm completely guilty of if there's a good game on, I'm watching. I love it. Yeah. Sports is such a huge part of my life that yeah, it is going to be an adjustment. I never thought this would be taken away from me because. You know, as sports fans year-round, there always is some alternative. So for now, hey, just appreciate your loved ones. You know, check on them. Obviously, the the coronavirus, they said, typically more deadly in people, you know, ages in their 60s to 80s, as well as infants. So, you know, hey, if there's anyone just that you know in that demographic, you know, look out for them. Because family is beyond important in a time like this. Uh, sometimes it's just a wake-up call. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that at this point, break out the old board games, play some Monopoly, play some Sorry, play some Yahtzee, whatever. You know, even if you want to get a little active, do some Twister or put on some Dance Dance Revolution if you have that from back in the day. Uh, just make them. Yeah, just just make the most of it. Have some fun with it. And, um, you know, Foch, I've got some games saved on the DVR. I might go back and rewatch some of the old Pacer games from this year. And I also have the Pacers' uh, Greatest Hits uh, DVD collection. I think there's four games on there, uh, Pacers' Knicks, uh, Pacers' Magic's on there as well. So I might I might have to go watch some old games just to uh, get me some basketball in when I have some free time, uh, if it's raining out or whatever, you know, where you can't go outside and do something. So, you know, just make the most of the time. Like, just take the break, enjoy it, and I promise you, come summertime when the NBA is back, which I really believe it will be, you're going to be like, man, I kind of like watching Pacers basketball. I like watching playoff basketball in the middle of the summer when nothing else is on except baseball. I mean, so I think that people might actually like this at the end of it. And it also, you know, there's a weird dynamic we didn't talk about, but players that are injured, how does this affect them? Uh you know, you look at a team like Brooklyn, like they could have Kevin Durant come playoff time, which it's annoying, but it's part of it. Uh, you know, we are going to have a healthy Malcolm Brogdon hopefully come playoff time now. We'll have to worry. I mean, this will give him a lot more time to heal that hip. So it's not like you want to sit here and be like, oh, I'm glad because they 
of the coronavirus, but there is a you know a blessing in disguise, so to say. Exactly. I mean, it's so true because in the end, it looked like Brogdon maybe might have been out for the rest of the regular season, if not maybe coming back with about a week left or so. I think that Brogdon is someone who probably now doesn't have to rush back as much. Same thing with Ben Simmons, who they said was going to be reevaluated in three weeks. It looks like all of a sudden, you know, by the time the league resumes in 30 days, he'll be healthy. But the Nets were that team where it's like, what if basketball was, and I hope that is not the case, pushed back to, say, you know, like a July or something. Uh, All of a sudden, you know, Kevin Durant will have been out for a full year, just more than that. And then I don't know the status of Kyrie Irving, but if Brooklyn got back a Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and in a first-round series, you know, took on, you know, say like the Toronto Raptors, that would be something that nobody expected. Um, so yeah. there is, there is going to be some various, you know, situations like that, uh, for the Pacers. I think, you know, basically maybe this gives Oladipo just more time to just True. get back to himself, you know, do take it slow. You don't have to rush it. You know, they can, I don't know. I mean, what happens with practicing? Are, are the teams just not going to practice at all? Well, from what I read last night, it looked like they were going to be able to practice, but they wouldn't be able to play games because it's the the part of having all the fans in the building is what makes it so dangerous. So I guess they were like, you know, being able to have practice where they were quarantined. They keep using that quarantine word, mm-hmm. but they were talking about being able to have, you know, close practices with just the guys. And that would definitely help with chemistry. But of course, you know, it's nothing like in-game chemistry, but I I do want to ask you this because I'm I'm very curious your thoughts on this. Is it fair if the league does extend out past the regular scheduled year for the Nets to be able to bring back Kevin Durant for playoff time? Now, you look at the NFL, and, and they have an injury uh, reserve list, an IR, mm-hmm. and, and players have to be placed on that at a certain point where they're not able to return. Uh, they do have a designated to return IR and stuff like that. But should the NBA have an IR system where players are, you know, able to come back, but they're not able to come back. And this would also allow open roster spots. Do you think the pace, I mean, do you think the NBA should in, in, endorse something like that? I don't just cause I think it's a, it's a unusual circumstance where you would think that you wouldn't need that in place. Um, but I feel like I like the idea that, hey, you know, if we can have an opportunity to see one of the best players on this planet, Kevin Durant, come back this year, I think the fans the fans deserve it. I mean, we've been robbed of unfortunate, you know, injuries have cost some of the best players in this league time. I mean, Steph Curry missed most of the season. You know, I think the league probably pushed the Warriors to get him back out there. Uh, Kevin Durant, another player where... I think ratings are down a bit because some of the best players aren't active. So, hey, while it's unfortunate that Kevin Durant's in the Eastern Conference now, it doesn't look like the Pacers and the Nets are going to meet anytime soon in the playoffs this year. So I'm all right with it. I think the fans will enjoy it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with them coming back at all. I mean, I think it is, like you said, co- coincidental. And it's like a one-time thing, so it'll probably never happen again. And if the guy is healthy, he should be able to play. It's kind of a stupid rule, I think, in the NFL. I was just trying to play devil's advocate and get your opinion on it because it would be frustrating if you're the Raptors and you're like, all right, we've got the seventh seed, Brooklyn Nets, no Kyrie, no Durant. You know, this should be a pretty simple five-game series for us. 
Now you're like, oh, great. Now they've got the, you know, arguably the the best player in the NBA uh, when healthy or the best player in the Eastern Conference when healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's been able to prove that he's a championship-level player, even though he did go to the Warriors. I mean, he was their best player the last couple of years. There's no doubt about it. And at the same time, he's coming off a really long, gruesome injury. He's probably not going to be 100%. So it's nothing to freak out about. But it just it makes you nervous because if you're a team that's like the two seed, you'd almost rather be the three, four, five seed so you don't have to play Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. But, I mean, if you can't beat the Nets uh, with, with Kevin Durant coming back after that injury that soon, then you probably aren't ready for a championship anyway. <laughs> I completely agree. I think the teams that were, you know, really hot, uh, I think it, it hurts them because you're kind of really cooling them off for a while. And it's another thing to think about. I mean, while all these guys have all the you know the luxuries in the world, you gotta see if they can handle themselves during this timeout uh from the league, this break, because some of these guys are they need a structured schedule. It, it creates balance in their life, and if you you know don't have balance, bad things can happen. I mean, we saw during the lockout; it's it's very unfortunate. But Lamar Odom was someone who went through a lot, and that lockout did not benefit him when he came to uh, when he got traded that off season from the Lakers to the Mavericks. Lamar was out of shape; he had gone through some stuff over that summer, and his life kind of spiraled out, and that was that ended up being the end of his career. So you don't want this break to be too long because while most guys, I mean, these are for the most part adults and they should be able to handle themselves. For some guys, it is too much time off. And I don't think there's one of those guys on the Indiana Pacers right now. Um, and I feel good about that. I think that this is actually a team that could probably use, while they were getting hot, they really were starting to come together. I feel like some of these players could use some rest specifically Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon. Absolutely, Fachi. You know, you're right right there uh, saying the right things, and I agree with you 100%. So any other thoughts that you have or anything else you want to do, you want to share? I thought as we close this out, I would just like to get your prediction. Do you think the NBA plays the remaining 18 games of the regular season, or do they move straight to the playoffs to basically, like I said, keep those other 14 teams safe. They're not at risk. And also, it just kind of makes the planning a lot easier You know, to have to only plan for 16 games, 16 teams. Yeah, no, I, I do believe that they will try to fit in the 18 games if they can. Uh, I think we kind of touched on it earlier in the podcast. So, yeah, just to kind of come back to it, I think you might see back-to-backs. I don't envision back-to-back-to-backs, but that's something that might also be in the realm of possibilities, especially for teams vying for playoff contention. I think that the governors uh, could really be interested in, you know, doing that because the Western Conference is still so tight. And, you know, Eastern Conference, there's still a lot of positioning going on for seeding. So it all really does make a difference. And I think it's only fair to finish out the 82-game season and then go into the playoffs and figure out that format whether you want to do seven games or five games for the uh, five game series for the first first round i think that the five game would actually be kind of fun a little bit enticing and a little bit different uh we're already dealing with so much change why not just keep changing it while we're going but uh a lot of that could also do with tv ratings and, and i think the tvs i think that's the other part of it uh espn the tv contracts uh, abc of course with espn and then you got tnt as well those people have paid a ton of money to mm-hmm. have these game broadcast on their channels. 
They're going to push hard for it. I believe that the NBA will play the games. They'll be they'll be able to meet that contract agreement with them. And, you know, it, they also have to make sure this doesn't affect the salary cap because this is going to have a huge effect on the salary cap oh, yeah. and what goes forward because of the TV deal we all know about. So long, long answer, short, Fachi. I think they play him. I think they play too. A, a lot of stuff that's out of our control, but we're going to leave that up to the league to work out all the people who paid for all this and, and such. I mean, there's a lot of details that – Unfortunately, right now, we just can't give you the answers to, but I think the NBA will make it right. They will play out the remainder of the season, is my guess, but hey, only time will tell. But guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Setting the Pace here on Fox Fridays, and I really hope that you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3, on Instagram at PacersTalk. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. My co-host joining me today, Alex Golden, can be found on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. Alex, any last words? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure what John Wall's status is, but if John Wall is able to come back for the Wizards, they're only five and a half games or four and a half games out of the eight seed, Fachi, so your Wizards could make the playoffs still if they play those remaining 18 games. And there it is, everybody. Alex got his shots in today. I should have ended this episode about 20 seconds ago because <laughs> the Wizards stand no chance. Hey, I don't want to hold you up any longer with this John Wall talk. So I'm going to head out of here. And uh, Alex, hopefully the NBA's back soon so you can keep these Wizards jokes rolling. All right? Bill, leave that. Yeah, there it is. He got one in. All right, everybody. Well, as I'm heading out, just remember three words. Let's in this go Pacers. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.